Hello, my name is Hassan Sorrells, and this is the Leadership Lessons from the Great Books podcast bonus. There's no book reading on bonus episodes. These are interviews, rants, raves, insights, and other gentle and not-so-gentle audio musings about leadership. Because listening to me talk about leadership for an open-ended amount of time is still better than reading and trying to understand yet another business book. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the guns across Europe fell silent. The men of that war emerged cautiously and wearily from the blood-soaked trenches that cut like arteries across the landscape of Western Europe. Arteries that had once coursed with the blood, bones, and bodies of young men, poets, royal heirs, intellectuals, and even the common man for four years previous. Arteries through which the remains of horses, material, and destroyed ambitions had floated mercilessly and seemingly inevitably. The blood and men and material had watered the seedlings and sprouts, and had set the stage for a future war for another generation to fight in to save liberty from the machinations of tyrants. And Hitler and Eisenhower and Rommel and Churchill, they all saw the blood-soaked ground and came to radically different conclusions from the exact same hard-won lessons. World War I and its mindless execution of an entire generation of worthy young men proved in stark reality what another brigadier general in another war in another generation past held on another continent once apocryphally stated, War is cruelty. You cannot refine it. And as the guns quieted, the poets and the writers and the intellectuals tried to give sense to the senselessness well ahead of the politicians, the thinkers, and even the Monday morning quarterback generals. From the poetryfoundation.org, I read the following. Born in Gallup, Ontario, Canadian poet, soldier, and physician John McRae earned his undergraduate and medical degrees at the University of Toronto, where he received the gold medal. As a physician, he worked at Toronto General Hospital, Johns Hopkins Hospital, McGill University, the Royal Alexandra Hospital for Infectious Diseases, Montreal General Hospital, and the Royal Victoria Hospital in Montreal. He served in the Boer War in South Africa as an artillery subaltern for the Canadian contingent from 1899 to 1900, was promoted to the rank of major in 1904. McRae re-enlisted with the 1st Canadian contingent soon after the start of World War I. McRae became a member of the Royal College of Surgeons and was the first Canadian to be appointed consulting surgeon to the British Army during the course of World War I. McRae's well-known poem, In Flanders Fields, memorializes the April 1915 battle in Belgium's Ypres-Céliens, 
For 17 days, McRae tended to those injured in that battle. The poem, written after the death of a close friend, was first published in Punch magazine and led to the adoption of the poppy as the flower of remembrance for the British and Commonwealth war dead. And I quote, In Flanders' fields the poppies blow, Between the crosses, row on row, That mark our place, and in the sky, The larks still bravely singing fly, Scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago, We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. Eventually, McRae himself would die of complications from pneumonia on January, in January 1918 at the tender age of 45. One more body buried in Flanders fields. Later, much, much later, would come the Hemingways and the Dos Passoses, the T.E. Lawrences and the Churchills, the Picassos and the Tolkien's and the filmmakers, and the cultural tastemakers. And finally, in the shadow of the great British strategist and writer B.H. Liddell Hart's analysis of this apocalyptic war to end all wars, we collectively would arrive at the same sobering, mature conclusion about this war that a philosopher named Heraclitus came to well over 2,500 years ago in his acknowledgement of warfare and human nature. War is the father of all and king of all, and some he manifested as gods, some as men, some he made slaves, some free. So on this day, this year, we honor those who fought bravely and put their lives on the line to save their countries and to save their democracies. The men fought mightily to end tyrannical rulership they believed would remake the world into something unlivable for their progeny in an unknowable and unpredictable future. A place where human freedom would be caged and human barbarity would be released. They fought to reduce or slake the flow of mother's tears and to get bullies to understand deeply the consequences of bullying. On this Veterans Day, we honor the sacrifices of the veterans of World War I and all other wars since, that they laid down a costly sacrifice upon the altar of civilization. But even more importantly, we offer our prayers that one day man will be redeemed by the living God, his son Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
that one day humanity will be able to fully realize the words of the ancient promise long written down in the book of Isaiah. We will beat our swords into plowshares, our spears into pruning hooks, and nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn or make war anymore. And well, that's it for me.